A mix of faith, talk, and rock for our rockets, rock the faith radio. Hey, hey, welcome to Rock the Faith Radio, where we rock for our rock. I'm so happy that you chose to tune in, whether you're listening to the podcast or you're listening on the CWR network or you're listening on rockthefaithradio.org. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today, I want to talk a little bit about addictions and, you know, how does God, how does God help us in the area of, you know, the things that we've become addicted to, the idols that we've created, all of this stuff. If, if you're listening right now and you're thinking, well, I don't, I don't have an addiction. I'm not an addictive personality or I'm not uh, you know, I, I just don't have any substance abuse issues or anything like that. Don't tune out because if you, if you don't believe you're a person who has addictive tendencies or substance abuse issues, I am almost positive someone you know in your life struggles with these things. And I, one thing I know from working in the field of recovery is we need one another. We need community. We need people to be there for us and support us when we're struggling with things. But most importantly, we need to know what, is, what does God have to say about addictions and the, and the things that we put above him or before him, I guess. What, what does he have to say about those things and, and how can he help us get rid of those things? Um, you know, I already said, you know, one way is to, to, to get support from others. But another way... Um, in his word, it talks about renewing your mind. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, this idea of renewing your mind. And then we're also going to talk a little bit about just being completely healed of things that are hurting us, uh, which we are is all over the Bible. God can heal and there's miracles. And I'll give you just a short testimony about that later on in the show. So stay tuned. Uh, if you're, if you're at all interested in how God can help you get rid of the things that are getting in the way of your relationship with him and your relationship with others, um, maybe sometimes it creates a relationship with the law, (laughs) at least it did in my case, uh, back in the day when I was struggling with alcoholism. All right. So just a, just a quick preview. We're going to, we're going to talk about how addictions can create idols and how we, you know, we have to repent from that. We're going to talk about renewing our minds, and then we're going to finish up with this idea that God can heal. So when you think of idols, I bet you think of, um, well, I shouldn't say, I don't know what you think of, but when I hear the word idols, which of course is all over the Bible, um, I, I think back to biblical stories about creating other gods uh, to idolize, or even little figurines, you know, they would... Um, the, the, the ancient people of the Old Testament would create actual uh, carved out figurines to worship. Um, I'm thinking of, you know, even Exodus, you know, the, the golden calf and all these things. But, but nowadays, idols can look a lot different. Um, you know, we, of course, still have idols that are in the, in the form of persons. Um, you know, there was a show not too long ago called American Idol, uh, trying to create musical idols people to look up to uh we all have uh, well most of us i would think we, we we do look up to people and that's that's okay but 
But I think the, the type of idols we're talking about are things that we believe we need more than we need God. Or maybe we wouldn't admit that out loud, but we would say, um, when times are tough, I go to this instead of going to God. Instead of going to God's word, I go to this. So, you know, let me just list off a few things that might resonate with you and see if these uh, would qualify as something that you might need to learn to um, put behind God or allow God to work work on you uh, in relation to these things. So one of them could be something like our cell phones. I mean, that's obvious, right? Let's just, let's all, most people listening, you might be listening on your cell phone right now. Uh, things like uh, substances, again, like I, I kind of brought up at the beginning, um, that was certainly something that I you know, when I wanted to deal with my problems, I put alcohol before God. Uh, I just decided that was the way to get rid of the problem, is just not think about it for a while. We might even put other friends above God. So we might say, um, I got to call my friend and just talk about this and, and not even think about going to, to the Lord in prayer. Um, and, and, I'm, and I'm not even saying any of this to begin shaming anyone because you know can we just admit a little bit that it's sometimes easier to hear directly from a friend than it is to kind of spend time with God and to to in prayer where you're not necessarily audibly obviously hearing these kind of well it's going to be it's going to be fine remember when you got through, through this before remember when you where you were able to overcome this issue, you know, whatever that is. Uh, sometimes it's easier for us to just go to a friend and say, can you talk me through this? Now, I'm going to backtrack one second again, too, and say that having friends to talk through things with is not bad. Um, deciding not to go to God and only going to your friends um, that's more of an idle situation. Imagine if Jesus were sitting right next to you and you've got this insurmountable problem and you decide, well, I'm going to call, I'm going to call Billy instead of just turning to the Lord who knows us and knows what we need or, you know, who is our good father, a person who, you know, can guide us and lead us to the right path. We just turn and say, well, I like hearing feel good stuff from Billy. So I'm going to call Billy instead. Uh, maybe Billy's the kind of guy who uh, doesn't necessarily tell you the things you don't want to hear. Um, I'm guilty of doing that. You know, you call up your friends who tell you, well, it must be their fault. You know, nobody should treat you that way and things like that. I'm getting off topic a little bit here, but um, you know, other examples of idols, again, I mentioned substance abuse. Um, it can be, you could, some people could go to music as an idol. You know, I'm just going to turn on music and shut out the world and shut out God and not go there. Now you can use music as a tool to connect with God too. So some of these things aren't, none of these things I don't think are inherently bad. Even alcohol obviously is not inherently bad. It's just how, how we use it. So, uh, my, my, my goal here is to get, you know, I'm not going to continue to list off everything that we could put before God. My goal here is to help us think, you know, I think traditionally it's easy for people to say, well, so-and-so has a drinking problem. But I don't, I don't think it's 
easy for us to point out when so-and-so has a friend dependency problem or a codependency on their friend. And I was just speaking with someone recently who um, she gets calls from a friend and the friend is always calling to complain or to um, talk about the problems that this friend has. And my friend is finding that she's getting drained from that. Um, so it's like, that's almost enabling someone to to not go to God with their problems, to be the one who always calls, be the one who always picks up the phone and listens to your other friend. Um, and I'm kind of mixing subjects here because that was actually a subject at church this weekend at my home church, uh, this idea of being able to recharge our batteries and kind of uh, be able to refresh ourselves with God. And a shout out to Lakeside Church in Chanhassen. <laughs> uh, but so we, again, these things aren't bad. These aren't inherently bad. It's how are we using them? Are we going to God and God says, call a friend? You know, if we, if, if, if after praying with God, God says, call your mother and let your mother talk to you about this, then fine. But if we, if we call mom every single time something bad happens, are we putting mom above God? That's a tough question, uh, a tough question to be real with ourselves about. So if, if, if it's easy to say so-and-so has a drinking problem, and then there's all kinds of steps, as a matter of fact, there are 12 of them for that person to uh, get rid of that problem, so to speak, then what kind of steps can we take to get rid of these other idols in our lives? Uh, I want to talk about that a little bit. So my name is Roman, and I am a intern for <laughs> to become a licensed addictions counselor. And I guess I could have started with that, uh, my credentials at the beginning. Uh, but that's, that's why this is of interest to me, because I just think that a lot of us in the faith world wouldn't recognize these other things that we put before God as addictions or idols or whatever label you or even just sin. We might not recognize that. Let's pay a little attention to that. So how does God, once we admit that these things have become idols for us, um, it's pretty simple biblically. Uh, it's just a matter of repenting and then asking, you know, for forgiveness, uh, asking for forgiveness, repenting and turning away from these, these sins and turning toward God. So then what is God going to do for us? Let's talk about that after a couple of songs. You're listening to Rock the Faith Radio, where we rock for our rock. Let's start with a little collision of innocence.
listening to Rock the Faith Radio. That was Collision of Innocence. Here's a song called Death of a Slave by me, a band called Roman. Check it out.
Welcome back to Rock the Faith Radio, where we're today we're discussing this idea of idols and the things that we put before God, and sometimes those include addictions, sometimes uh, it can just be substance abuse, which can be an addiction, and I want to, again, just remind us that one reason I'm passionate about talking about this is I'm almost officially a drug and alcohol counselor. <laughs> Uh, so I'm almost officially qualified to talk about this. Uh, and, and speaking of that, actually, I wanted to to share with listeners, I was accepted as an intern for an organization called Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge. Uh, you might have heard of this organization nationally. Uh, what a Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge does is they specialize in recovery um, they are able to treat persons with what are called co-occurring disorders, um, which can be, you know, things of things in the mental health world along with addictions. So a lot of times when persons hear about Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge or just Teen Challenge, they're, as they're often known, people think of substance abuse. But I'm excited to be working with them as a drug and alcohol counseling intern, LADC intern. I get to I get to work with. Uh, persons with co-occurring disorders in uh, the male area, short-term male unit. Uh, this is a faith-based organization, so the, the, the coolest part about this recovery process is the idea that God can help with this. So you're going to hear more on Rock the Faith Radio about uh, Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge, I'm sure. Not any stories that would breach confidentiality, but you'll definitely hear <laughs> some overall experiences as I pursue a license in drug and alcohol counseling at Teen Challenge. But this isn't about me, folks. This is about how we can recognize the things that we've put before God and then ask him to do some work in our lives to put those things behind him or behind us or just away from us. If if that is the way that it needs to be for you. Uh, so I began by talking about what are some of the idols. L let's talk for just a, just a few minutes about uh, once we have repented or once we've agreed that this is something that we don't want in our life, when we confess our sin, I once heard that confessing isn't, isn't like admitting to God that you've done something wrong. It's aligning with him and saying, I recognize that this is wrong. I, re I recognize that, I, or I agree with you, I guess is the best way to say it, that this is wrong. Because he knows, he knows, he's a good father. He knows what we're doing isn't good for us. Uh, he just needs us to agree that what we're doing isn't good for us and that we're putting things before him. Once we've done this, once we've said, you know what, <clears throat> so let's just use uh, alcohol as an example, once once we've said to God, you know what, uh, my use of alcohol has gotten in my way, uh, in in the way between you and me. It's gotten in the way between my family and me, my work and me, uh, whatever it is. But for this case, we're talking about how it gets in the way of God, how it becomes an idol, something that I go to when I'm struggling in in, in lieu of or instead of going to God. Once I once I make that admission, then. What does God promise us? Well, God promises 
that he'll, through his word, he can change our mind. Uh, so Romans 12, 2 is, is a common verse that people go to when it comes to uh, the renewing of the mind. Uh, maybe you've heard the New International Version, which is do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, I like the New Living Translation. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Uh, as we think of the, some of these idols that I've, I mentioned in the beginning, even things like you know, getting addicted to our phones. We need to go to our phones when we need uh, pleasure or when we need uh, just an escape from the world instead of going to God. When we think of these things, that's certainly adopting the behavior and customs of the world, right? What did people do in 1925? You know, they didn't, they didn't go to a cell phone when uh, they wanted adoration they when they wanted to feel the love of somebody or something else they didn't go to look to see how many likes they had on their instagram they went to god presumably some of them who are believers um, some may have gone to family but w what we do is we we can we we and i'm including me in this as believers we conform to the pattern of the world we say well sure does feel good to get a lot of instagram likes um, or a lot of Facebook likes, and I, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna see how many likes I got. And again, I include me because I, I post things on Instagram and Facebook, and it does feel good. But what, what I would rather feel is more of the lasting good, the, the true good, like almost the capital G good, if you want to think of it that way, the lasting good that comes from transforming the way we think into something new. So maybe you've heard of this concept of, of neural pathways. Um, I, I, I studied this a little bit in, in my counseling studies, addiction counseling studies. Neural pathways are just connections in your brain, basically, and I'm not going to get, I wouldn't even be able to get all brain science-y on this, but if you think about it like uh, when I feel sad, my brain helps me through this pathway that's already been created this super highway that says sadness equals alcohol <laughs> like oh you're feeling down drink alcohol it just creates this quick kind of solution and when I say creates it this is something that actually develops as neural pathways in our brains um, it's like the point a to point b the fastest way to pleasure uh, most of us who have struggled with any addictions might have learned a little bit about the pleasure center of your brain and how the things that might um, please someone who's a non-addict are might be things like quiet or reading a book or you know um, loving their children or things like that uh, those of us who have struggled with addictions we create a new pathway a different pleasures uh, a different path from sadness to our pleasure center that says um, you know what's going to activate that that pleasure center alcohol uh, it might be roaming in the places you don't belong on the internet things like that will activate that pleasure center and you'll get that feel good feeling uh, that certainly may, may feel like a solution to our problems but it, it's obviously temporary right it's saying well, 
then I guess if I'm feeling sad, I have to activate this pleasure uh, center in my brain by using things like alcohol, drugs, uh, you know, pornography's become one that's really important for, or really quickly accesses that pleasure center in our brain for, for some people. Uh, it could be even just things like gossiping and, um, you know, chasing after boys or whatever it activates that pleasure center in your brain. There's a pathway that's created there. And God promises that he will renew it or change it, I guess, would be another way to say it. Um, he will he will kind of interrupt that pathway and and divert it to a different different path one that's one that's more lasting and more more permanent more actually effective really because again anybody who's been in the substance abuse world understands that uh you know you get your fix so to speak whether it's alcohol or uh, let's say it's cocaine uh, you get your fix and that pleasure center says, ah, okay, now we're good. Now we're in good shape. And that fix goes away. <laughs> and, then, and then what? Uh, how, do we, how do we maintain a level of even reasonable happiness or joy or pleasant, uh, pleasure? Uh, we can't. So God promises a more lasting, lasting pre- pleasure. He promises a more um, fulfilling pleasure. So I want to look too at Matthew thirteen twenty two because I want to I want to tie this idea in of the world and how it can kind of confuse us as to what is happiness. Um, so Matthew thirteen twenty two says the seed sown among the thorns is the one who hears the word. So this is when Jesus is talking about um, planting the seeds and how it falls on uh, fertile ground and and so on. It says, but the worries of this world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So another way I like to think about these neural pathways is, yes, it's scientific. You know, we we went from I'm sad. Now I want to go to the pleasure center. But can't it also be spiritual? Can't it also be, uh, you know, we fight a battle in the the spiritual world a lot of the time. So what what if that's where evil wants to exist evil wants to exist in this world that says um well let's let's choke out the word of god and i mean imagine the the agenda we'll say of the enemy is uh let's 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 just force the listener the reader to ignore this stuff the person who's struggling just ignore that that's not going to help you they they choke it out and they say this isn't going to help but 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 you know uh, cocaine that'll help or beer that'll help uh, that's that's the way that that's the way that the enemy works uh, that word is deceitfulness right in the middle middle of it uh, the worries of this world and deceitfulness of wealth choke the word in the sense I guess I'm getting the sense here that the example of of wealth is is more about just anything that gets in front of gets in front of uh, God and what he wants for us um, Mark even even reiterates this uh, the same thing. It says, the des- uh, "But the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful." 
So we, we don't want things in our life that are going to convince us that, oh, you don't go to God for those things. That's not going to help. Uh, we want to soak ourselves in the word, give, our, give the word a fertile ground in which to plant itself. Uh, and if, if, you're, if you're using these addictive, addictive substances or just, again, falling on these idols, you're not fertile ground. You're not a place where God's word can land and where you're going to accept it and believe it as is, as truth. Because your neural pathways have created an alternate truth that says, boy, it's sure a lot easier to feel good by, by using this substance really quickly or going on this internet site really quickly. So let's not allow ourselves to be deceived. Uh, I heard a really good, uh, I don't remember if it was a sermon or if it was some discussion on this, this concept. And it said, when I think of, and this was a, a gentleman speaking who would struggle with pornography. And he said, when I think of, uh, you shouldn't go to that site. I try to change that thinking into, wouldn't the enemy just love it if you did go to that site? He's making a fool out of you. And I'll never forget that because it changes, at least in my, my man brain, <laughs> it changes the, the, uh, the agenda of the enemy. It allows me to see the agenda, rather. It's not an agenda of God saying, don't do that. It's bad for you. It's a deceitful agenda of the enemy saying, um, oh, wouldn't that just make you feel better? Why don't you just do this? And we don't want to be tricked, I hope. I hope as believers we don't want to be deceived. So let's not let the enemy do that. Let's not let him get a foothold. Let's, let's remain fertile ground for God's word. Amen? Cool. This is Bernie with Rally of the Lost, and you're listening to Rock the Faith Radio, where we rock for our rock.
What's up? It's Roman from Rock the Faith Radio, encouraging you to check out my friends at javarelief.com. Java Relief wants to take your morning coffee time to a whole new level. Sip on a great tasting cup of Java Relief coffee and reflect on the difference you're making in a child's life. Every dollar of profit they earn goes to support children at risk. So check out javarelief.com and mention that you heard them here on the CWR network. javarelief.com. Wake up, do good. Hey, coming up next, we have a song from my brothers at Glory's Gate called Crown of Thorns. They just asked, they were asked to play this song at a radio station out of Peoria, Illinois. The station's called Nash FM 97.3, and that's a big deal, folks, because this is not a Christian radio station. So we want to give our support to Nash FM 97.3 and our brothers Glory's Gate for spreading the word of God. This song is called Crown of Thorns. I must tell you I'm sorry Won't you hear me In my time of need I no longer Want this burden Won't you listen To my plea And oh God I go. 
said and done He brought me in He called me son He called through from hell Stands victory Life on a cloud Became a crown of glory He brought me in He called me son Hey, welcome back to Rock the Faith Radio. My name is Roman and I'm your host and I'm so happy to be with you. I hope you enjoyed those songs. That first band, Rally of the Lost. They're actually in the studio right now. They're a Texas rock band who rocks, and they are Christian rock, and they're the rockinest rock band for our rock that I've heard of in a while anyway. <laughs> I say that because there's all kinds of different types of rock. Uh, you just heard Glory's Gate. Uh, to me, they have Glory's Gate has sort of a almost uh, crossover kind of country Christian rock sound to them. Uh, and there's other bands that are more of like Christian metal, but to me, Rally of the Lost is Christian rock, and they are super rock e. <laughs> All right, well, we are here to talk about our rock, the rock of our salvation, who is Jesus. And so far, we've been talking about the things that get between us and God, uh, namely, you know, uh, idols, uh, including substance abuse and addictions. Uh, and we, we started out by d just naming some of those things and talking about how we need to repent from those idols and recognize them. And then we talked about uh, how God promises to renew our mind. And in that, we discussed a little bit about neural pathways that get created to our pleasure center, uh, which is just a fancy way of saying we create worldly ways to get pleasure and our brain kind of convinces us that we need those things. And God wants to transform that. He wants to, he wants to renew our mind, transform the way we think. So I want to finish up by talking about God's role in healing us from these addictions and, and healing us from our dependency upon idols. Uh, any, anybody who's ever been around the recovery world knows uh, what's the first step in in recovery what's the first step in getting your problem solved and i'm just pausing and i'm i'm imagining all of you saying oh you have to admit there's a problem absolutely <laughs> that's another piece of that and there's a lot of biblical truth in that we have to say um this is this is wrong and we need to agree with god that's confession and align ourselves with god and say yes that's wrong i should not do that i'm admitting that i have a problem uh, what, what's cool is, is again, if you've ever been around recovery as well, you know that there are 12 steps and, uh, there's an organization called Celebrate Recovery. I happen to lead a Celebrate Recovery ministry here in Minnesota, uh, just one of many. And they, Celebrate Recovery went and made some biblical comparisons to these steps and stay with me here because I'm, I'm getting to the point of how God heals us. Uh, the first thing we do is 
is we recognize we can't hear us heal ourselves. Remember I said that we've created these neural pathways. Our brain has convinced us there's only one way to get happy. And it's by going from point A, which is something bad happened in my life, to point B, which is the pleasure center. And the only way to make that connection is with, you know, again, we'll use the example of alcohol or cocaine or pornography or just generally lusting or whatever it is that is become an idol, something you're putting in front of God. So if, if that's the pathway, then if, if our own mind is the one that's convincing us how to get, how to solve this, our, we'll say our damaged mind, or at least our mind that needs to be transformed into something that more reflects God, then how are we going to use that same mind to solve the problem? Uh, maybe that's maybe that's the first time you've heard something like that. Maybe maybe it's the first time you've heard that we need to recognize that there is a power higher than us. Uh, and for listeners of this show, I would hope you believe that 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 person is Jesus Christ that we would need to recognize there's something outside of us that transcends us, that can fix us, uh, that can help us to restore our minds to a more right relationship with God or renew it or transform it. Uh, So I I mentioned these 12 steps and their biblical comparisons. I just want to focus on the the, the first couple here. Uh, The first step is admitting we're powerless. So admitting you have a problem and that you're powerless. Uh, the, the, the biblical comparison is Romans seven eighteen. I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Do you hear that? Do you hear the idea that nothing within me that is, there, there is no good in me that can just fix this. Nothing, nothing is going to solve this from within. I need God to work on me from the outside and from the inside. The only thing that's good in us is the Spirit of God, right? So why are we trying to use our own will and our own way to, to fix us? Um, so step two says, so step two is we came to believe a power greater than ourselves can restore us to sanity. The corresponding scripture is, for it is God who works in you to will and act according to his good purpose. That's it, folks. That's how simple it is. It's does God promise he can heal us? Well, absolutely. If you allow him to work in you to restore your mind, to renew your mind, and, and to work in you to fulfill his purpose and do it his way and surrender to his way of doing it, uh, it that, that, that hopefully gives you this sense of peace that uh, surpasses our own understanding, the sense of peace that says, I have no idea how to get rid of this. I mean, it might even be something trivial like drinking diet soda. I don't know what it is. I used to be a diet soda addict too, and I actually kicked that like maybe eight or nine months ago. Uh, praise God. Uh, maybe it's something that you don't feel like is, is so big of a deal as you know, heavy drug use or alcohol use, but maybe it's just something that you say, man, I just really feel like I need a soda three or four times a day or pop, depending on what time, t- part of the country of the United States you're in or where you're at in the world. Maybe I need that to get through the day. And Christ is telling you, no, you don't. No, you don't. You're, you're using those as ways to um, sort of activate these pleasure centers to make you feel good and you're not connecting with me. That's the whole point here, folks, is connecting with God. 
I hope that you've enjoyed at least hearing some different points of view on addictions and idols and how we can uh, allow God to change our minds. Maybe you've heard this before. Pass it along to a friend. Check out rockthefaith.org and just hear more good rock for our rock. That's it. That's all I got, folks. We're going to close out the show with a couple of tunes. This first tune is by a band called As We Ascend, and it's featuring Brad Arnold. If you don't know Brad Arnold, he's from a band called Three Doors Down. Think of the Superman song from the early 2000s. (laughs) Uh, And then we're going to finish it out with a song called The One by by a band called Rose. And this is uh, is by a good friend of mine named Chris. He's got a band called Rose. And what better way to finish a show but to talk about The One. Jesus is the one. Peace. I love you guys.
before tomorrow Will I curse the hourglass as it bleeds through the night? Can I sing for the memories without words of sorrow? This is Chris from the band Rose, and you're about to hear our new single, The One. You can check it out on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play. Keep an eye out for our new album called And So It Begins. You're rocking out with Rock to Faith Radio, where we rock for our rock. Number three. He is the one who put. 